All right, we are live. Welcome to the 11th American Aries podcast. I'm your host, Ken Katz, and we have a very, very special guest with us today, the chairman of the Canaries Trust, and he's now a year older than he was Friday. <laughs> so celebrated a birthday, you know, and, and I, I guess uh, the club knew that he had a birthday and decided, you know, let's treat Robin to a nice win here. You know, we'll, we'll have a crafty own goal. And then, you know, uh, Adam Ida, whose name is mispronounced constantly by people in the media, you know, scored a nice call. Joining us, we have Mark Foster, founder of American Aries. And Mark has a little bit of news that Robin knows about. We'll talk about that later. And Jeff Uick, our South Carolina canary and uh our uh, sticker guru <laughs> we're working on a flag and, and, and whatever so as you know norwich won on saturday you know which is uh, pr pretty nice so you know i was uh fairly happy so but before we get into that I'd like to give the uh, form over to, to Robin a little bit. So for those of you who don't know, you know Robin is the uh, chairman of the Canaries Trust. Pull up a little bit of the bio he is here. Robin also played football for quite a few years as a striker and uh, scored over 200 goals, you know, which is quite impressive because I think three of us have scored zero. <laughs> Zero goals. I didn't even play, you know, <laughs> youth soccer. My son, who played it one year, got, I think, one game he scored four or two for the other team, you know, because they're like six year olds. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. They all um, can't. Yeah, they all can't. Yeah, yeah. So he spent 13 years as a manager. So Robin knows a little bit about, you know, uh, r r running a club in the Eastern Counties League. Which I'll have to do a little bit of research to know, but I know what level now, is that, Robin? Uh, it's well, it, it's now called the Thurlow Nun League. I think it's it's changed its name so many times uh, over the years, uh, and I don't understand the levels now. It's uh, uh, it's about no, I don't know. I wouldn't even like to speculate. It's it's semi it's semi pro, but at the the towards the bottom end of, of, of the semi-pro leagues um you know certainly a long way below uh, below the likes of, of king's lane which is one of my old clubs mm -hmm. um but uh but yeah yeah it's uh it, it's a it, it's a decent level of football um you get some decent players in there um but yeah i know know a great deal about being abused uh which is uh <laughs> quite handy in my current role so <laughs> well and speaking of robin's current role um he uh joined the trust in 2013 and somehow convinced them to make him chair at the end of 2014 so you know he either impressed the people there or i don't know extorted them i'm not sure i doubt it's extorting and yeah. robin robin well, also you can see weapons involved ken Weapons involved? A lot okay. of concealed weapons, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nunchucks, spears, you know. Anything, anything, yeah. Anything. And for those of you who have seen Robin's um, 
Twitter bio. He is a graduate of Cambridge. He says a Cambridge history graduate, you know, which is impressive. You know, I just, we just have m multiple degrees here from public institutions. I'm, I'm sure where your degrees are from, Jeff. Uh, Penn State. I won't hold that against you, Jeff. I'll make pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> I'm not worried about you accepting it, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make pretend I did not hear that. We're, we're, we're making the uh, exception. Oh, he's got the Penn State mug, too. My God. I don't know about that. You know, my, my Maryland stuff is is elsewhere in the in the room here. You know, I'm using the uh, pre Premier League in the morning mug that, that, that I got, which is kind of nice. Not from being on FanZone. You know, it was just uh, a, a Twitter thing where I just happened to luck out and 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 get it on on Twitter. You know, which is nice. It's like, oh, okay. And they they send stickers too, so you get a variety of cute little stickers. So, Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the trust does and how you have transformed the trust from what it was from once you got there? Because I know there's a, a lot you're involved in, a lot of very mm -hmm. interesting areas. I myself am trying to do something similar with the Baltimore Orioles. Can't do a supporter's trust because you can't buy stock in the team. You can't own stock in the team. So I'm trying to model what I'm doing based on some of what – what what you're doing it's very much at the nascent stage but when i get it out there it's very much modeled on what you guys are doing that's good that's good yeah i mean first of all just let me make it clear i haven't transformed the trust a, a lot of people have put a lot of work into to transforming the uh the, the the trust but yeah i mean basically the the trust um was formed at the start of the century um and Initially, it was uh, intended to provide support to the club and also to uh, to buy shares in the club, which are then held in trust for the fans. Um, so it was quite it was quite limited. What uh, what's actually happened over the last uh, ten years um, is that we've developed what the trust is involved in um, to a very very large degree. Um, Whereas before the trust was quite inward looking, it was it was very much Norwich City focused and, and nothing else. Um, we've gone completely the other way. So we have a strong relationship with the FSA, the Football Sports Association. Um, uh, campaigns like Her Game 2, which is, is intended to promote the women's game. Uh, we've also um, got a strong relationship with Proud Canaries, the LBGT group. Uh, and uh, we have one of one of their um, committee members on our board. Uh, we've developed a mental health arm, which has given a lot of uh, help and support to people during the pandemic, because obviously you know there've been issues of isolation and uh, and so on. Um, and uh, we've we've uh, developed a very very strong um representation of, of the women's game ourselves as well so there's a there's a lot of things that are uh, are going on um we also have uh, one of our our board members is highly qualified in health and safety and he's doing a tremendous amount of work with the the club in terms of ground safety ground improvements uh he does a lot of 
uh, what we call secret shopper um, uh, trips, whereby he he goes to different parts of the ground and observes what's observes what goes on and reports back with suggestions on how things can be improved. Um, so there is a, a lot going on and also a, a cool safe standing which is something that we're going to sit down with the club and talk about next week um has been a, a campaign that we've been heavily involved with uh, and in fact i um about three years ago now I, I went down with um various people from the club like ed balls and uh, uh andy batley who's who's the stadium manager uh to meet with the um uh well a lady called tracy crouch who is the uh, the person who's just written the report that's been published on how the game can be how the game can move forward how we can get away from um all the money issues that are, are dragging the game down with, with clubs getting into ridiculous levels of, of debt she was actually the sports minister at the time uh, and we went mm -hmm. down and had a meeting with her which was looking promising until she then resigned six months later um so yeah there's there's a lot of things that, that we're involved with and, and obviously we're still buying shares we're now the largest shareholder in the club um which uh and, and we're oh, hoping to right. within the next year or so be the test Oh yeah, I muted your mic for a second, Mark. All right. Lunch. Are we all coming around for the barbecue, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark. Mark's having a barbecue, man. We're we're getting uh, wind warnings here, so even though it's yeah, that uh, was us the other day. Even though let's see, it says it's thirty-seven degrees, which is a lot warmer than it was over the weekend. I, I'm just not going out because <laughs> you know, like. When warnings, I don't have to go anywhere right now. Okay. I, I did chuckle a little bit when you said you're going to sit down with the club to talk about safe standing. I thought that was a, a, a kind of a, a, <laughs> yeah, no, no a un, unintentionally <laughs> funny statement. Now, for safe standing, where would that occur in, in Caro Road? Because, and I have to say, I'm not as familiar. When people talk about this stand, the stand, or, or whatever, I honestly don't know what they're talking about you know when they talk about di different areas versus we're used to oh we're in this section or that section you know the yeah. numbered section everything has like a, a different name so uh, what what part of the you know stands would that occur in it would be in the lower barclay um the the barclay stand is the the stand that's regarded as, as the most passionate along with the snake pit, which is in the corner next to the Barclay stand. Um, but yes, it would be the lower Barclay that would be converted to safe standing. Um, and well, I say if, hopefully will be converted. Is that behind one of the goals? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically the four stands, you have the city stand on, on one side, you have the South stand on the other one, which is named after Sir Arthur South, who's uh, who was a long-time chairman of the club. And then at each end, you have the, the, the Barclay end and you have the river end, which surprisingly has got a river behind it. Um, <laughs> so which side does has a tunnel where the players come out and where the benches are? That's the city stand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the city stand is the, 
the least impressive of the stands. It's uh, it's it's one of the oldest, um, and it's a it's a single story stand. Um, one day when the ground is 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 extended, um, I think the first thing that they'll do is is knock down the city stand and build a, a, a two tier stand there. Uh, and in fact, you know, the there have been steps taken towards that. When Ben Kensel was here, mm -hmm. uh, he he bought two parcels of land which uh would actually give us room to to develop that stand there you go is that similar to what fulham have because the fulham have like the one stand that's really old and kind of neat looking and then the rest is built up is that similar to what they have uh yeah a little bit a little bit um I mean, Fulham are, are developing their, their ground, I think, at the moment. I think they have put one new new stand in since I was last there. Um, but the, the away stand at Fulham is is very, very scary because it moves. You know, okay. You get, if you get lots of people standing up and jumping, you can actually feel the stand move because it's sort of hollow underneath. It's very strange. Um, I, I know some high school stadiums like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, honestly, as, as you know, someone with an engineering degree, they're supposed to move. You know, yeah, that's the, the, some the some aspect. The stands are supposed to, you know, yeah. be able yeah. to move. Not as much as this, though. <laughs> it, it, uh, this is true. Did, did not know. Yeah, Fulham's an interesting ground because Fulham is just like a, a a weird club to me. It's like, okay, what does Fulham have? Well, they're in London. They have that cool building you know on the right by the thames but i don't know what else you know it's trying to figure out like what is fulham well oh there's like two things it's there's some other clubs that are just like i don't know what their their image is like you know what are they you know what are they their identities yeah. like what, what are they about like what are, what are they known for you know, in certain clubs, you can say, okay, they're known for X, Y, and Z. Fulham, I'm like, I don't know. Dempsey played there. You know, it, it's one of those that, yeah. Uh, other than beating Norwich at times, so you don't want them to beat Norwich. I like you. Norwich is a bogey club. They always beat Norwich. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, Fulham, uh, uh, like an, an awful lot of clubs in England, in the sense that they've, they've got a very, very impressive pass, but it hasn't really been matched too much in in recent years i mean if you go back to the 50s and 60s fulham were a, a big club and, and had some uh you know big players at the at the time people like johnny haynes um uh, and bobby moore ended his his career at fulham as well uh, after he left west ham but yeah they, they, they are slightly unfashionable although they do play in a very fashionable part of of, of london they're not that mm -hmm. far from from chelsea so um, and it, it's yeah. You know, I mean, Fulham, despite the fact that our record there is appalling, uh, I think most Norwich fans would tell you that that Fulham is actually one of the more enjoyable away trips um, because it's it's quite quite a good place to go to. And it's being in London, it's easier to get to than. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not too bad to get to. The the, the only the only slight drawback is that. Uh, it's in between two tube stations, and whichever one you go to, it's about a mile to the ground. So ah, it's a, gotcha. it's a bit okay. of a walk, but there were nice pubs on the way, so it's it's actually not too bad. Gotcha. 
All right. And since we're talking about um, trust a little bit, Mark, would you like to share the news that you told us about this morning? Uh, yeah, I've received a very gracious invite uh, from the trust to become. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure I totally understand the role because uh, the word ambassador was used. Um, there was a, a, I think, very English. Um, oh, what was the term? Um, almost like not ex officio, but oh, I'm trying to think of what it was. What did what did Andrew call it? He called it a um. Oh, good lord, scrolling up. I, I can probably co-opted. Tell you. Co-opted. Yeah, co-opted member. Not quite sure what that means for y'all because y'all have some terms that we use for completely different reasons um, here and there. Like when you talk about turnover, turnover means something completely different to us than to you guys, um, for example, but co-opted, I wasn't quite sure what that meant, but apparently I have some sort of role representing uh, international canaries now with uh, the trust. Yeah. Just, just to clarify. Yeah. Just to, 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 to clarify that. I think we're, we're, Sort of working on the basis it's a sort of suck it and see situation in the sense that we haven't necessarily quite got our heads around how it's going to work but we've been talking for some time about the need to have international presence uh as far as the trust borders is concerned and uh obviously you know mark you've you've been around for for a long time and and have had quite a lot of dealings with it so you were an obvious person to get involved and there are a couple of other people in in different parts of us one in south america and one in italy who um you know we uh we thought would uh would also uh enhance what we're trying to do uh but co-opted um certainly in the english sense simply means not elected because all of us are, are subject to election at the sure. the AGM. Um, but we can we can add people to the board pending a, 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 an AGM. Gotcha. So that, that, that's all it means. We've added you in between a, AGMs. Um, but yeah, you know we're very keen to uh, to make this work because um, you know one thing that I've tried to do since I've been chairman is, is to make the trust board as diverse as possible. So we've got a whole range of people with different skills and different backgrounds. Uh, and as I say, if we can develop that uh, internationally, then that's that's got to be good for everybody. Well, it's uh, you know great to be invited. You know, hopefully uh, the time differential won't be too much of a problem. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll see how amused my classroom is uh, when we have these 7 o'clock, uh, 1 p.m. meetings. Yeah. But uh, I did talk to Andy. We may at least uh, anytime I go on, uh, roll that around to a more uh, subdued class period, uh, yeah. at least for this year. And, of course, summers summers won't be a problem at all. Yeah, but no, uh, look look forward to it. Look forward right. to it. Yeah, we did, we did too. We did too. Yeah. All right. Can you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Okay, good. Because I've I've never done this with the headphones on. I'm getting a lot of fan noise, and I'm trying to dissipate that by talking through the, the headphones here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I joke with Mark that he should um, schedule a teacher planning time. <laughs> I try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Last year wouldn't have been a problem because I was doing so much of my uh, instruction right. online, and I could basically pick my hours. So. 
but mm -hmm. this year not so much. I have a more traditional schedule. Mm -hmm. So I gave Mark the traditional Mazel Tov greeting, you know, which uh, it's kind of funny because I get um, a word of the day. It's like a subscription service you don't pay for. And it's like, and every week there's a theme. Today's word was Mazel. I was like, okay, the theme is words <laughs> from Hebrew. So every every week there's something, you know, yeah. different. And it's like every once, so like once a year. Oh, Yiddish words. Okay. Which of these, you know, you know, I'm like, do I know all the normally, you know, like, I know all these, you know, so I'm like, it's, it's perfect. You know, Mark is, you know, the founder. Absolutely. You know, and then we'll hopefully uh, leverage his membership with the trust to build, you know, mm -hmm. our membership, you know, having yeah. you on will help. We're also well, trying, ways. right, right. We're also hopefully going to be reaching out to some people in the media and have them on. Yeah, that'll be good. Right. It's a little harder because of the time difference. Um, yeah, Cause we're off today, you mm -hmm. know, for Martin Luther King junior day. Um, is a, are you actually off Jeff? Okay. Jeff's actually off. You know, I'm as federal employee and Mark is a uh, local government <laughs> teacher. The teacher and Jeff, who works for a uh, with the state of South Carolina medical system, so we're also works here. But yeah. getting people, you know, from the media over in England would be a, a little tougher. You know, to try and get someone. I don't think that would be a problem, Ken, because I mean, it's you know, it's seven thirty in the evening in England now, which is you know, works works fine for us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm sure. You know, people like Michael Bailey would would be more than happy to uh, uh, to to get involved. Um, in fact, I'm quite happy to send him out for you if you please do. Yeah. yeah, I know Jeff was trying to. I, I've reached out to certain people on Twitter. I've got nothing back so far. Really? And, who, who and these you... are well. I'm 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 shooting as my son says. Shooters got to shoot. You know. <laughs> so I've. He's aiming pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. And uh, these are people who have responded to me before. So right. I've sent it to, to Arlo White. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I've sent it to Ian Dark. Ian Dark and I have had conversations back and forth on things. He's actually, you know, answered some questions that I had. Mm -hmm. And um, I sent it to, to Roger Bennett, the guy who does uh, the uh, Men in Blazers show. You know, yeah. noted, noted Everton Chicago Bears fan. who's pretty <laughs> funny. And then I sent it to uh, Kay Murray, you know, who I don't know if you, you know, she was used to be on BN Sports. Now she's on ESPN mm -hmm. FC, noted borough person. We had the same birthday. So mm -hmm. these are all people that I've actually had Twitter conversations. Right. With, right. You know, so they sort of know, know who I am. I've yeah. gotten no response yet from any oh. of them. So, so you've mostly gone for American media people, are you saying? Um. Not necessarily. I mean, well, they're more they're I mean, more in American media, I think, than, yeah, more, than in the UK. I think, is yeah, perhaps. I, right, right, right. Just, I didn't recognize too many of the names. That was all, but uh, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, there 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 are guys over here. As I say, Michael Bailey would be a good one, I think, because mm -hmm. obviously he's he's well known. He's he's one of the um, the most most uh, prolific writers about Norwich City. Um, I take it you're all familiar with Michael. Of course. Oh yeah. 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 And I, like I say, I'm sure I'm sure he'd do it. I mean, he's he's um, done a lot of 
stuff for the trust, and I'm sure he'd, uh, he'd be more than happy to do this. So. He's a big reason why I have an athletic subscription. Yeah, yeah, he writes some writes some great stuff for the athletic. Um, yeah, I'm not real happy. Athletic got bought by the New York Times. I'm happy for the people at the Athletic. I'm yeah. not happy it's the New York Times. Yeah, I think they were uh, always going to get flipped. Oh, absolutely. It's a long-term plan. Yeah, definitely. Sure, sure. The the the, the plan was to build enough subscribers at some that they thought there'd be, be value. Yeah. In there, but uh, the New York Times is what's their motto? All the news that's fit to print. Fit to print. And then yeah. it, it should say comma whether it's true or not. We don't actually care. <laughs> Sounds like the Daily Telegraph. Mm. Oh God! What was it? Was did I pass the Times buildings? No, no. Uh, yeah, I did when I was in New York City mm -hmm. last time. I told them they were number one with my finger. You know, so I'm not, I'm not a fan <laughs> of the New York Times. The pre previous time we were like a hotel right around the corner. I'm like, oh, there's a New York Times. You know, I didn't even. So one thing of being in New York City, if you don't. If you just walk and aren't really like plotting out where you're going beforehand, you'll just go, oh, look what I just found. There's so much of that just walking around, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just finding things and not really you know, knowing. At one time I was there, it was like 2013. But is that St. Patrick's Cathedral I just walked past? Yeah, it is. You know, oh, and there's a Waldorf story over there. It's It's just interesting. Finding things if you don't really have a plan, just running into buildings. So it's kind of interesting. I'm sure it happens in other larger cities that you're. Oh you know, yeah, it does. Yeah, just I, if you like. I, I think I saw this movie, Ken. It's uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation. <laughs> look, kid. Look, kid. Big Bad Parliament. They kept going by it you know, sixteen mm -hmm. times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chevy Chase. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I know Mark and. Um, Jeff like listen to Chris Gorham's um, uh -huh. broadcast. I haven't synced up. I'm at, you know I watch the Peacock, you know, or on whatever it's on online because they're almost always on Peacock. Sometimes it's on mm -hmm. on, on NBC. So th they sync up, and I don't. I watch the Peacock, and sometimes I have to suffer through whoever's doing the oh. announcement. These guys know that uh, F and a Coco. Oh my God! I, it's I mean I know we play for Norwich, but every time if someone you know it's like has a shot on goal and something doesn't work, you know they're slightly off or it's a header, he acts as if they're going to be one hundred percent perfect every single time, you yeah. know, which is ridiculous. I I sort of want to pull up you know whiffs and misses from his career. You know, it's like, oh, here's one where you missed. I'm like, it's just, it, it's annoying to me when it's like, oh, they should have done better. All right, guys, leaping in the air, and he's heading, hoping that the ball's going to go into goal, and hoping that the goalie isn't there. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just, I, I find him, and for a while, he had, he had done the last couple, but God, for he did like eight in a row or something. And yeah, I mean, get so him a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was. I found that in it's. I don't know if he's that critical of other teams, or he feels he can be critical because he's a past Norwich player. I don't know what it is, but it's it's incredibly annoying. Yeah, it is. I, I I've come across him a few times because you know I'm 
the odd occasion that I can't get to an away game and I pick up a stream, it always seems to be a cuckoo on the on the commentary. And yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Danny Mills is another one. Danny Mills is an ex Norwich player who just slates us all the time, uh, which I find really frustrating. But yeah, the, the, whoever they had um, last time, I forgot who it was. One of the guys was Tony. I'm not sure. Who it was because I, I I missed the beginning. I was Danny Gale probably was it against yeah. West Ham? Um, West Ham, and then you know then the Saturday's match, and you know they, they flip around. You, you never. I I missed the very beginning of it because I was doing something upstairs. My wife uh, came down, and our the clock that we have upstairs is slower than real time. So when I look at the clock, oh. I'm three minutes behind. I always forget that. So I missed the announcers. They weren't as critical. They seemed to be fairer with mm-hmm. their, uh, how they were describing stuff. You know, they seemed to really not, um, I wouldn't say have an agenda, but they, they seemed, you know, fairer at describing what was going on. You know, I, I appreciated um, hearing that. And then well, there, it's easy there's... to be balanced when you jump out to a 2 0 lead in the first 20. Right, minutes. right. I but mean... even beforehand. <laughs> Yeah. And there was one um, broadcast. They had a uh, a female analyst who was outstanding, and I had to look her up. I forgot who it was. Someone had played for the uh, English team for quite quite a long time. I, I would have to look her up. I was like, well, I don't. Is this, is this a female? You know, I was trying to figure out. This, and you know, finally, you know, when they said, you know, at halftime, yes, yeah, and here we are with. I'm like, okay, looked her up. She was excellent. She really, you know, Alex was, Scott. It wasn't Alex Scott. Mm-hmm. I know who that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know who that is. I think she's a studio host, but it, it, I, yeah. I would have to look it up. Whoever it was, and it wasn't um, one of the when I did the fan zone. One of the times there was two women in the studio. It wasn't her, but it, she was excellent. She really was really um, well versed and and describing everything on a very technical level as someone that really understood what was going on and what they were doing, you know, and, yeah. and explaining it precisely. Oh, that's why I see that tackle here. They did this and that. And that's why, you know, it was, yeah, I'm not doing a great job, but she did a fantastic job yeah. of explaining what was going on and why something was happening or what she thought should so I haven't heard her again. I'd have to look up the name again, but I thought she yeah. really did a fantastic job with it. The, the, the best female pundit, I think, in, in Britain is uh, a lady called Sue Nichols, who is the coach of the Chelsea women's team. Um, she, she did quite a lot of co-commentary during the uh, European Championships, and, and everybody mm-hmm. remarked on, on how good she was at explaining quite quite difficult, you know, quite complicated technical issues uh, in a way that, that, that people could take on board. I'm going to see if I can find who this is real quick. <laughs> it's going to bug you in there, Ken, isn't it? No, she was, she was really good. Mm. Let's see if I can come up with a name here. Uh, there you go. I do think just thinking back for a minute about getting some of the local UK guys, you know, the time issue for us becomes, well, we're typically on about 
six or seven o'clock here local in the evening is when we do this typically right. obviously not on a holiday like today you know that puts y'all into midnight and, yeah. and, and beyond and and i know sometimes guys are up you know people are up doing things and and sometimes sometimes they're not i mean i messaged um phil daly last night somewhere i don't know third quarter of the chiefs game because he's a chiefs fan like i am yeah. And I was like, "Hey, are you up?" And you know, he didn't he didn't message me back. Uh, he didn't DM me until well after I'd gone to bed when he got up because he yeah. just recorded the game and 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 saved it and and went from there. But sometimes he's up, sometimes he's not. But you know, you're rolling the dice. Anybody after midnight, I know. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, I tend to turn my phone off halfway through the evening, just have a bit of peace and quiet and. Pick everything up the following morning, but right. But uh, you know, you know, I don't know. Maybe we could do something where we do some Sunday afternoons, especially now that foot, you know, American football is wrapping up. So, you know, Ken's Ravens, my Chiefs, you know, not so much, not so much an issue. Not not to bag on the Ravens or anything. Um, uh, come on, when you lose, when you lose six games in a row, and you go from the number one seed out of the playoffs. That's not good. Yeah. Well, I can't say anything until my season's done, so I don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> the so. only one that's listed is Kelly Cates, and I think she may have been in the studio when I uh... – Yeah, Kelly Cates is Scottish, so I don't yeah. think she's in England the national. That's it. Yeah, that's – I'm trying to – Yeah, she may have been in the studio when I uh... – Mm-hmm. Did it, but it was some someone else that had a much longer career. Yeah, I'm, I'm not picking it up with the uh, playing, and, and she was excellent. Mm-hmm. So, so we talk about uh, how the team is actually done. One, two out of three, you know, and uh, yeah, two out of three, and uh, what you attribute that to. Um, like to talk a little bit about uh, midfield, who's in midfield, and then um, a certain academy product who is uh, yeah, that's a right. subject of a lot of discussion. I I think I think Saturday was was very very important because if we are going to to avoid relegation, which is is you know, still a big ask, we've got to replicate the level of intensity that we had on on Saturday um, because it was significantly higher than it has been for for some weeks, really. Um, The work rate rate was was tremendous. We got stuck into Everton from the off and and they were constantly on the back foot. Um, But, yeah, I think think the midfield situation was interesting because to some extent – Smith's hand has, has been forced by the the injuries. Obviously, Norman is out. McLean had COVID. Uh, Gilmore's uh, still not back from his injury. So it was almost a question of who's left standing. But sometimes things happen like that, and and they really work. And it did on Saturday. Uh, I like Pierre Leesmanu. I think he's a very very good footballer. I think he's got a good football brain. He's a big unit. Uh, and 
uh, I've always felt that he could uh, add quite a lot to the midfield if they got the combination right. And, and playing with Sorensen alongside him, I thought we looked very good simply because the two central midfield players actually showed a lot of discipline. They, they, they kept their, their shape, um, they won their tackles, and they gave the ball to, to somebody who could play. They didn't try to to be more than they are. And that, I think, has been one of the issues with, with our midfield in the past. I think, although I think Gil, Billy Gilmore's a, a, a very talented footballer, he, he tends to play the simple ball all the time. And um, I think with Kenny McLean, he tries to do too many different things. He, he wants to... He wants to be the, the the holding midfield player, but he wants to be the player who's pushing up behind the strikers, and he wants to go wide, and he wants to get in the middle. And um, he wants to take shots on goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think sometimes he just tries too hard and, and and tries to do too many things, and as a result, we end up with vacuums in in, in the midfield. What happened on Saturday is that Sorensen and and, and Leesman were were very very disciplined in the sense that they didn't go hearing forward when we got the ball. They just held their position, covered the gaps. And as I said, when they got the ball, generally speaking, um, they they uh, played a, a straightforward pass, but it was a progressive pass. It wasn't just sideways or backwards. They were, they were getting us up the field. At least Manu in particular pinged some some really good 20-yard uh, balls to, to change the direction of the, the attack. Um, but... Uh, it's obvious under Smith that we're, we're going more direct. Uh, we're not playing 20 passes in front of the back four. We're actually moving the back four around. Uh, and we look we look a better side as a result of it. And I think Ida could just be the key. Um, you know, he, he got his goal on Saturday, which is obviously going to uh, increase his confidence. But I think he gives us something that we haven't had, which is proper support for Pookie. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are signs that the two of them are actually developing an understanding, uh, which I think could stand us in good stead going forward. And the other thing I like about Ida is that he's he's quite comfortable coming deep, picking the ball up, and then running at defenders. And defenders hate being run at. It's been so easy for teams to defend against us in the past, particularly under, under Farker this season, because basically the way we were playing is that we'd move up the field until we met resistance, and then we'd either go backwards or sideways. So the ball was, we were just playing in front of the back four all the time and not really answer, asking any questions of them. With either running at people and committing them, that, that is pulling the back four around. Uh, and you could see Everton looked really uncomfortable on, on, on Saturday. You know, they, they weren't sure whether to to to, to go out and challenge or, or, or try and pick up a man. Um, and we looked much more potent as a result of that. Yeah, I mean, he's a big, fast dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and he, he does look as if he's really packed on some muscle as well this season. It yeah. looks like he's really hit the gym hard. I don't know what his height is. You'll give me the uh, the metric. I, I have like he he's got to be you know over six foot tall. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Mark can look at up. How tall is he? You're you're already ahead of me. I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> Mark's um, 
in spite of the fact I have, I have the computer here. You know, in front of me. But he's he's uh, a, you know. Well, it says he's one ninety. So, yeah. on his uh, his weight? No, 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 centimeters. Height. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and and the thing is that on Saturday um, we won a lot of headers as well when the ball was going long because mm-hmm. when we just had Pookie up front, it was pointless hitting long balls because he's never going to win a header. It's just not his game. But Sergeant Anita won so many headers on, on, on Saturday. And, and you know, if if you can win a header, get a flick on, knock it down to, to one of your own teammates, mm-hmm. uh, again, it's putting pressure on the defence. Um, and they also seem to track back a lot. Yeah, well, that, that that is the other thing that I like about them because both of them are, are more than happy and uh, are very good judges of when they have to drop in and, and basically reinforce the midfield when, when we're under pressure. Um, mm-hmm. Both of them won, won good tackles in midfield areas as well. Almost 6-3. There yeah. you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can see Hair that. Under. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I've talked about where I, I've seen – like when Sargent was playing well and didn't score a goal, I says, well, he has some of the aspects of Harry Kane, certainly not scoring the goals, but Kane goes back and he defends and he gets the headers on the corners. And sometimes it's like, oh, what's Kane doing? Like Kane's clearing the ball in front of Lloris. You know, the fact that a striker is willing to do that helps him out. And if, you know, yeah, Ida well, and Sargent are willing to go back and help that out and, and do that great you know i think they have the physical ability and they have the stamina and the yep. want to do it yeah yeah and they both they both won defensive headers as well when we were defending set pieces and that, that's an important part of the game too but one of the things that really pleased me about saturday was the fact that sergeant got a, a standing ovation when he was substituted right. which has got to be great for the lad's confidence yeah, and i mean yeah. You know, let's be honest, he's, he's had a horrendous time in front of goal. I mean, he's clearly got issues that stem back to that awful miss against Brighton. Uh, and, and people have piled on to him and and, uh, and criticised him. But he's only 21. He works his socks off every game. And, and I think there's a, there's a good player in there. And I think given time and, and a bit of support, He's going to be a really, really good player for, for Norwich. So I, I'm I'm pleased to see him uh, make a big contribution. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I was like, hey, look at that, you know. It's like, and he got the assist, even though it was an own goal. He got the assist, you know, which is which is nice. He's now on the score sheet. You know. I still call it a goal in hockey. <laughs> if that was ice hockey. That, that would have counted. So <laughs> no, you bounce it off. You bounce it off it, the it opponent's was, skate. And it goes in. It's that's it, it was a goal. What? What? The, the funniest thing is the, uh, um, the the video that that you know Norwich put out with Chris Gorham's commentary. It's like we scored a goal. Norwich have actually scored a Premier League goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was like, oh my god, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, but we uh, just picking up on Mark's point. What we have over here is a thing called the questionable goals panel, who, mm-hmm. who, who adjudicate on these things. And and basically, the rule of thumb is if if you if you hit a shot and it would have gone in the goal if it hadn't touched yeah. the defender, right. it's your goal. It's right, right. If it wouldn't have gone in. 
it's an own goal. Right, so, right. Yeah, there's no no question that's going to be a that's going to be it. an OG. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I figured it out a while ago. It's like, well, that still was going to go on goal, you know, but it deflected and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for yeah, it, w- w- with Ida, I mean, that was a heck of a shot he had against West Ham. It was. It was a tremendous strike, and he's capable of doing that. You know, the the lad is has always scored goals throughout his career and you know now he's got one hopefully you know that's that's the 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 start of something big but you know just just coming back to to what was different on Saturday I I thought we were just so much more physical than than we have been we've looked really lightweight I think in, in in previous games particularly against West Ham I thought but we we were really tough on 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 Saturday and you know there are there are some real warriors in that team. I mean, every, everybody talks about Grant Hanley in that respect because the lad, you know, he's made a granite. He's, he's taking painkilling injections in his shoulder to get him out on the pitch. But he's he's going through through bricks, brick walls. Uh, Brandon Williams is another one. I mean, one of the great moments on Saturday was when, because um, Brandon Williams had a, a real tussle with, with Anthony Gordon, the, uh, the, the Everton uh right winger uh and gordon left a, a couple on him during the game a couple of late late challenges which didn't which shouldn't get picked up uh and early in the second half um williams nearly put him and the ball in the away section he just went straight through him yeah, down there in the corner i love that yeah, yeah that was tremendous <laughs> and then the crowd the crowd just went mad you know mm-hmm. and the, the, the crowds crowds love that sort of thing they love you know, seeing one of your players steamroller an opponent. Um, but, you know, th- there were a couple of bookings that we picked up. Uh, Pookie and Sargent both picked up bookings for quite deliberate professional yeah. Yeah. To, to stop breakaways. Pookie's uh, done that before. Yeah, Pookie, yeah Pookie's yeah. done that because he's yeah. been around the block and he, you know, right. he knows how these things yeah. work. But some of the younger players... Earlier in the season, they would have just let the player go, uh, mm-hmm. and you know it could have could have led to a goal. But there's a nice there's a nice edge of cynicism that's creeping in uh, to to the way we play. And uh, I say it's nice because everybody else does it. So if you don't do it, you're at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Pookie got a little bit of uh, stick for putting on the brakes on that on that breakaway. Yeah. Uh, and we were already up 2-0, and I'm thinking, well, if that turns into a 50-50, I could see him picking up a yellow if it if something happens there, and it's way too early in the game. We're up by two. Didn't need to. And then it, he goes and picks up the yellow later, and I'm like, well, there you go. <laughs> I yeah, mean, that, that save, it, a, save it for later rather yeah, than that, picking that was up a really, That was a really strange incident, actually, Mark, because, you know, both players went for it, and I think they both at the same moment thought, well, I'm not quite going to get there. And they yeah. both stopped. And, and of right. course, then, you know, when, when Pickford stopped, everybody's thinking, well, if Pookie kept going, he'd, he'd, you know, he'd have scored. But, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think um, I think it was a question of, uh, you know, discretion is the better part of valour there. Yeah, it seemed like they both stopped because they realised we're going to ram into each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think yeah, I, that's true. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you sense there's mutual respect amongst many of the 
the players, you know, even when they clearly foul someone, knock them out. Oh, let me help you up. I'm so sorry <laughs> that I really smashed you. <laughs> but the the, the the peacock and the, whoever the analyst was, I forgot, really was criticizing Pookie for not just continuing on. It's like, hey, that would have put it away. That would have been three nothing. You so know, he's, like, he's like, why is he stopping? But they were fine. I mean, the, these guys, I forgot who they were. They were fine. I really thought that was a fair criticism. I didn't mm. fear they were. I, I didn't. I, I wasn't like, oh, shut up. You know, I, I felt <laughs> like they were fair and, and they you know were, were analyzing it you know fairly nicely it's like okay uh there's a big number coming up for extra time the nords fans aren't gonna be you know and i was like oh god was it gonna be eight you know it was seven <laughs> i'm actually pretty good at getting within one minute on the extra time for several years i've been pretty yeah. decent with guessing one way or the you know it's not that hard to do you know like plus or minus one i'm always you know it was it was always going to be a, a long period of extra time because there have been so many stoppages and so many injuries uh speaking of injury um cruel looked like he picked up a shoulder like he couldn't even take the down. free yeah. kick do you know what's happening with him no um, we don't we're we're waiting to hear but um I'm, I'm told by people who were behind the goal that Grant Hanley's chances to the physio, he's done the same thing that he did for Holland, um, which is when he dislocated his shoulder uh, and he was out for a while. So uh, it's a bit of a worry. I think they're hoping that given a couple of days rest, it will settle down and maybe he can have an injection. Um, but yeah, Smith was interviewed after the game and uh, was asked about Krull, Williams and Aarons, all of whom, well, obviously Aarons and Williams had both limped off. In fact, Aarons looked really bad. Yeah, Aarons um, looked like he, he he pulled a gluteus muscle, you know. that's a, yeah. he, he was holding his, his his right rear butt cheek. Backside. Or whatever. What, what, the right side, yeah. No, I think, I think what happened is that he got a knee in the backside, and, oh, and it's the buttock equivalent of a of a dead leg. Um, okay. And, and uh, according to Dean Smith, after the game, he didn't seem to think it was going to be an issue for Friday. Okay. That's uh, good because Weir was holding it. I'm like, oh no, he pulled something back there, you know. And but but which... Max Max does this though. I remember there was a game. I, I think it was last season where. He had to be carried off, and it, you know, we were thinking, God, he's, you know, has he broken his leg or whatever? And he, next game, he's fine. So uh, he seems to bounce back pretty well. And, and uh, as far as Williams was concerned, it was just cramp. I mean, the lad had just run himself into the. Into yeah. The he, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was quite the effort. Yeah. Him, so. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's quite quite a character. Is uh, is Brandon? He's uh, I think he's endeared himself to the crowd big time. Um, you know, and uh, it was good to see uh, Ginoulis come on and, and make a contribution as well because he made a f- phenomenal block in the last few minutes mm-hmm. uh, from from close range. Um, yeah, and that's the sort of commitment that they they've got to produce game after game. You know, they've got to be prepared to put the bodies on the line, and um, you know, um, grind out results. Now. On, on one of the previous, pod, well, on two of the previous podcasts, we had uh, Jonathan Tompkinson's parents, both the the mom and the oh, dad. Yes. We, we, we had we had the mom Jackie 
one. What was it? The Thanksgiving episode. That was our longest yeah. one because yeah. <laughs> we went two hours. We, yeah. Oh well, we, we had stuff in there. It's like, you know, here, here's some Thanksgiving questions. What are you thankful for? You know, like who's biggest the turkey? biggest turkey, you know, <laughs> uh, fa- favorite side. Um, what, what was it? Who, who biggest who, ham? Yeah. Biggest <laughs> McLean. Who, who's got the, what was the question? Who's got the, what was it? Who's got the, the swag or something the, no, who's got the sauce? the sauce who's got the sauce like like who who, who is you know the one the, the, the player that you you really like you know who who's like who's got the sauce on the team everyone's got you know your your energetic charismatic player yeah. or whatever and then the last question was um which of the uh items during the uh, charlie brown thanksgiving is your favorite have you seen that no charlie, okay so Charlie, you know what Charlie Brown is, right? Yeah. Yeah, Charlie. So the Charlie Brown th- Thanksgiving special. So Charlie Brown is faced with the prospect of making a Thanksgiving Day meal for his friends. So Charlie Brown, being whatever eight, knows only knows how to make one thing. So two things: toast and popcorn. So. <laughs> They have the, the friends there. Eventually, they have like a real real Thanksgiving. So it's so they serve toast, popcorn, pretzel sticks, and um, jelly beans. Jelly beans. <laughs> jelly beans. So yeah, it says which of those did you choose? I chose popcorn because popcorn is the only of the one of the four that possibly existed in the early 1600s yeah. because corn existed yeah, yeah. The popcorn may have existed jelly beans didn't exist no, toast could... didn't exist no electricity you yeah. know and uh pretzel sticks you know <laughs> so it's like which you know so basically they have it's it's, it's rather humorous you know, trying to figure out kids doing that than having snoopy and try to figure out so basically they have the meal outside on a, a ping pong table, they use a ping right. pong table and they they spread it out, you know. Then ha- have the meal, you know, which is kind of interesting. It also is interesting because, um, especially in the since the 2016 election, people were may- much more aware of issues with fairness and equity and. Mm-hmm discrimination and x y and z um the peanuts introduced a character named franklin you know mm-hmm. who's a black kid yes I remember uh, that. Yep. right yep. so he he's part of the celebration but people started to notice that when they're sitting he all of a sudden is sitting on one side of the table by himself you know which is kind of interesting Mm-hmm. It's like, well, wait a second, what's going on there? So that got a lot of attention. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, come on, we'll have the black kid, but you sit and you'll give you the whole side to yourself. I don't think it was intentional it at all. And and bit, you know, the idea was to bring a you know a, a black kid into the comic strip and mm-hmm. make them seem as accepted as any of the others. You know, mm-hmm. it was you know, a great idea. Charles Schultz, you know, the, the guy who yeah. came up with it, but it was kind of kind of interesting. So, yeah, he was a pretty progressive guy. I can't. Imagine. Yeah, a very progressive guy. It was. Um, 
I, I think the very first strip that Franklin showed up at was a beach scene and swimming with Charlie Brown. So that says a lot about what he was trying to accomplish. So I don't think he intentionally, you know, did it. But looking at it in retrospect, it's like, huh, he's sitting on the table by himself. That's interesting. You know, on that side of, <laughs> side of the table. Yeah. yeah. So so we did it. So we, we uh, his mom, Jackie, and then um, David. We, we had his dad, David. So we learned a lot about Jonathan's progression, you know, where he came from, and then mm -hmm. learned a lot about how the whole academy system works, what they do, what they don't yeah. do. And his dad mentioned um, four players, you know, to look out for. Well, one of them has already played twice. Jonathan Wright? At the club, right. Two went out on loan. You know, I mentioned this um, in our, our New Year's one. Uh, Dixon Peters and Abu Kamara were on loan, and then um, there's another guy who was on the uh, on the bench. I think he actually scored today. Didn't they play today? And I uh, think yeah. he, yeah, I, I think he actually he actually the other guy scored. He was on the uh, he was on the bench Saturday. Right. Mm -hmm. um, the the trying to think who I'm who I'm thinking of, but he that was would, on the, that, that would be Rowe. Uh, Rowe, but there was someone else. There was like a, oh. a midfielder. Okay. I think he was on the bench on Saturday. Hmm, Not sure. on. Let me find it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Flynn Clark got two. I don't. I don't recall his name. And Roe yeah. got the other one today. Yeah, I know Roe scored today. So Flynn Clark and Roe for today. I'm looking for but, the. Uh, uh, while we're doing that, I mean, certainly we've been just waiting with bated breath to see uh, Jonathan finally get out there on the pitch. Um, it was it was actually pretty funny to get get Gibbs. how it, how it, oh, there you go. Gibbs Gibbs is the other oh, one. Gibbs. That, oh, yeah. Gibbs. Well, yeah, Gibbs is on the bench, right? Gibbs is on the yeah. bench. So uh, uh, David, his dad, David goes, yeah, Gibbs is the other one I mentioned. You know, so he mentioned, you know, it's like, it was funny because Jonathan already been on the bench. He's like, oh, Rose. Like, oh, you mentioned Roe. And then, you know, the other two, he's like, yeah, Roe, Dixon, Peters, and Kamara scoring all the goals. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, to finish the story, you know, we got, we got the story about, you know, when Jonathan first told his folks he was going to be on the bench for the, it was Man City, right? Wait. Uh, Palace, I think. Oh. It was when Hanley got hurt. Yeah, it was when Hanley got hurt. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so, yeah, man, you. Um, and so, uh, you know, he messages his folks because they're, they're WhatsApp folks and everything. And, and dad's response was a little subdued. Mom's was, yeah. was way up there and actually lost something in translation to dad because of the initials that she used. Um, for it but if if you know jackie she's an absolute hoot and i could totally because i've met them several times because they they live over on the other side of the metroplex from me and we've watched some games together right. and and uh she's an absolute hoot i could totally hear those words coming out of her mouth <laughs> um so and she's she's no uh and neither one of them are are any slouches as athletes uh, for that mm -hmm. matter so oh, no i mean so jonathan's got some 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 uh 
some great DNA at work uh, at his benefit. Yeah. yeah, what did she play? What's it? Volleyball? Cross country and cross country and basketball. Okay, at uh, UNT, like, like a f- five foot eleven, and yeah. she knew her stuff. This is someone that yeah. understood how to coach all the terminology. The yeah, whole she's still everything. In great shape. Yeah, I mean, it's she wasn't just like. Yeah, Jonathan's my guy. Isn't he the best? No, she knows what's going on. She yeah. under I mean, this is uh, someone that clearly understands how to be a coach, the whole process, what's best. She really was ex- just amazing person to talk to and really her her breadth of knowledge and how she's able to use it and how what they when they realized when he needed to move on, you know, it, it wasn't someone telling them they realize he needs to move on and here's the reason why. So I was yeah. very impressed with just her, her overall a- a- athletic knowledge and intuition, you know, yeah. which definitely has to help him, you know, tremendously. Yeah. I mean, that that's so important, I think, for the parents of, uh, of a young footballer coming through, you know, to have that sort of pragmatic attitude because – you know, unfortunately, sometimes um, you you get parents who have the attitude, "My my kid's great, and you know should should always uh, right. be treated accordingly." I mean, it, you might recall um, a few years ago we had a young lad on loan from Tottenham who never really figured. Uh, last name was Edwards. Marcus Edwards. That? Yeah, Marcus Edwards. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Like, uh, forward. Yeah, I think he made a, maybe a couple of subs appearances, and that was it. But by all accounts, you know, his, his father would would turn up at the training ground and berate the manager for the fact that you know why is my son not starting? Uh, and those sort of parents <sighs> are just so counterproductive. It's yeah. yeah, I think I um, saw him getting like three matches right at the end for Tottenham. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When when they were short step, uh, they sold into a club in Spain, I think, in the end, didn't they, or Portugal, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure, but it was. Yeah. So it was very interesting hearing, you know, the everything that uh, they went through and and how they um, got him to where he is, and you know, and why. Mm-hmm. And one of the more interesting things was that when he was over in England initially, he was connected with a scout from uh, that team down south with tractors on there. <laughs> and, no, that ended, that one. <laughs> and, and that guy is, was now employed by Norwich so yep. that he you know, hooked up with them and then had to try out. Norwich is like, yeah, can you sign? And then they said when he joined the academy, what does dad say? There's like eight or nine the defenders, mm-hmm. and he wasn't initially a defender, he was like a midfielder. Yeah, and uh, then he all of a sudden went from being one of eight or nine to being the captain. So that's a you know pretty rapid progression for him. Yeah, that's good, it's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's vitally important for a club like Norwich that, that we do have a conveyor belt of, of these lads coming through. The system, uh, and it is starting to to work quite well. Um, 
obviously, you know, we've, we've had people in the past who, who've come through the youth system, the Murphy twins being the obvious example. Um, ben Godfrey, to, to an extent, although he didn't come all the way through the youth system, but mm-hmm. we, we signed him as a youth from, from York City. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we need more of those players because we can't afford to go out and, and, and buy players for big money. So we've got to develop our own players. Um, but the the setup with the academy is is tremendously good. I mean, I, I've been to to Colney and and um, how it is now at Colney compared to four or five years ago is it's like a different planet. You know, it was four or five years ago. It was it was ramshackle. They had porter cabins and, and what have you. Now it's it's state of the art. You know, it's it, it's fantastic. Uh, they've uh, they've got a pitch there that is the exact replica of the Carrow Road pitch, um, both in terms of how the how the grass is 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 made up because it's mm-hmm. um, pitches these days they use a combination of grass and plastic. Um, the the surface is exactly the same as at Carrow Road. The dimensions are exactly the same as at Carrow Road. So so players, you know. When they play play at Carrow for the first time, it's completely familiar to them. Um, you know, and there are half a dozen, half a dozen pitches. You know, um, artificial pitches, grass pitches, um, and of course the soccer bot, which has been talked about a lot, which is this uh, incredible computer system that uh, develops players' close skills. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of investment in the in the academy when people say that we don't spend money it's you know we might not spend that much money on players but in terms of the infrastructure we've spent a lot and that will pay dividends down the line because it's attracting um it's attracting young players to the club you know when they see us up here um you know it's a club they want to join because they can see it's progressive and the same with with first team signings um you know there were certainly occasions in the past where uh prospective signings came to have a look around saw Colney and said no thanks don't really fancy this but now you know they see it and think wow this is great so it's a it's a big selling point for for the club Mm -hmm. in fact uh I remember having a conversation with with Zoe Ward uh, a while ago about this and and she was saying that one of the one of the big impacts of, of of COVID um, was that it took away the two big selling points that Norwich have in, in trying to get players to, to come here and sign. Um, and the two selling points were, were Colney and, and the city itself, you know, because it's, a, it's such a great city. It's a great place to live. And you've only got to look at the number of ex-players who, who've settled here. You know, you mm-hmm. and Roberts, Darren Eady, uh, Hux, you know, um, they've, they've all settled down and, and brought up their families here, which is which is great. Let's not forget, you know, you'll probably have uh, Unel Hernandez want to live there permanently so they can shop at Argo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he made a pretty impressive debut for Birmingham at the weekend, actually. Well, good for him. Did he yeah. score a goal? Uh, no, I don't think he scored. No, but uh, I, I saw that Lee Bowyer, the, the manager, was uh, was praising him to the hilt and saying that he thought he'd be a, a great asset, which is which is good because obviously things didn't go that well for him at Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 
speaking of, of that, one of the things when Mark and I did it, the New Year's, I had like wishes, wishes for the New Year. And one of my wishes was um, uh, bringing new players in slash bringing players back on loan. And then mm -hmm. the other one was, hey, let's get the youth in, like boing, you know, mm -hmm. then Rose already played yeah. in, in two. Now, we've seen Dean Smith say, yeah, I don't think we're doing anything. I was like, really? You know, which is, you know, kind of surprising because clearly it's, it's, it's not strong enough. Someone's watching Andy Reid. Right. That's, that's going to be Mark's house. So <laughs> what do you... Honest, I mean, the, the club needs something, you know. Uh, it, it, so the, the the question is, should it be pulling players back on from loan, and if so, who, and then what types of players are out there? Um, when I was on the fan zone once, I mentioned that Dermich was tearing it up in Croatia. It's like you need a striker. Um, is that a possibility to bring him back? I don't think so. I don't think you'll see Dermich at... Uh, but that's why I said, is that a... Yeah, like, I don't know how out of favor he is. I don't know the level of Croatia versus the Premier League. It clearly is not one well, of the top five. It's, it's, not, it's not great. And I think he burnt his boats when he was at, at City before. Um, I think there were opportunities for him to, to, to go and he, he decided to sit on his contract. But, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of bringing players back, I think there are two things, really. The first is that, generally speaking, uh, if a player goes to a club on a season-long loan, that's what it is. Um, okay. some, sometimes they have a break clause. Um, usually it, it, it tends to revolve around how much they've actually played. You know, if they've, if they've been there for half the season and haven't got on the pitch, then, you know, the... the the club that the player belongs with is probably not going to be very happy about that. You know, there were certainly issues with Chelsea when Gilmore wasn't wasn't playing uh, under Farb. Um, so it might not be practical in in some cases because obviously we you know we we don't know the details of the contracts. Okay, um, that's that's important information that I didn't know. Thanks for yeah, because no, because I, I was like, well, some guys get pulled back and some don't, and I don't yeah, know it, how it, it works. It, it, it varies, and you'd have to know exactly what was in in that particular contract. But generally speaking, season long loans are are season long loans. Um, but the other the other issue is, would they actually improve us? Uh, and you know, you look at the players that are out on loan, and it, it, it's difficult to see that they actually would. Um, in terms of strengthening. You know, there's no question that we we could do with with uh, with strengthening, but realistically, I don't see anything significant happening unless we sell somebody. Uh, and if we sell somebody, there's only one person it's going to be. Um, and uh, you know, that, I don't need to spell that one out. I don't think. Um, you know. I have no idea what's been going on with Todd Campbell this season. Um, you know, there are lots of rumours that are that have been spread around. Lots of people saying, "Well, I know somebody who knows somebody who knows something." Um, but you know, whatever has been going on, um, you know, there's a lad who's an England under twenty one international, incredibly talented, who's who's barely made it onto the pitch this season, and when he has. 
hasn't performed. Um, right. So given that he, well, his contract runs until the summer and we have we have a year's option that we could take up on uh, on that contract. But at the end of the day, what's the point of having a player at the club who's, who's not actually contributing and, and, and playing? So I would be quite surprised if the club weren't open to offers for, for Todd in this transfer window. The issue, of course, is that they're, they're not going to get anything like the fee that they would want for him. Uh, you know, at one point, the expectation that was that Todd and Max, for that matter, would go for similar similar prices to, to say, Ben Godfrey. Um, but it's difficult to see any way that they'd get anybody to pay that. Because uh, January is always difficult anyway. Mm-hmm. Clubs tend not to spend a vast amount of money in January. And historically, players who come into a club in January tend not to perform that well. Um, you, you very often see them not blossoming until the following season when they've had a, you know, had a whole pre-season at the club and you know we saw that last time around we brought um uh duda in on, on loan now duda is a top class player he's a very very good player he's a seasoned international and we expected him to make a big impact and he, he didn't yet you know he's, he's he's gone now and he's performing really well um uh away from from norwich and that you know, that sort of thing happens, unfortunately, in, in January. Was so, it Sergei Kanas' uh, January transfer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, Kanas never really did anything at Norwich at all, did he? Um, you know, he was very disappointing. But, um, but yeah, unless uh, unless we sell Todd, I don't really see anything very much happening, which is, which is unfortunate. I mean... I would love to see another defensive midfield player come in, although, sure, you know, maybe, maybe Sorensen and, and Lisa Malou's uh, are the answer with if we can get Norman back in as well. But of course, if you then, you know, if you then bring in another midfielder, that means either Sergeant or Eder are, are going to be on the bench. So it's going to be a difficult balance now going forward. I think. <sighs> what you got, Mark? No, I just. Wondering how many cents on the dollar from his peak, you know, potentially for Cantwell. Mm-hmm. I mean, no idea. I, I maybe maybe thirty maybe thirty cents on the dollar versus where he was. Yeah, because he was a twenty twenty five. Oh and, yeah, and mm-hmm. I th- I think we'll be very lucky to get ten. Let's just hope they don't sell him to Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, that well, the, the thing is, Newcastle is stupid enough to pay twenty for him. That's that. That's true. That's the benefit. Of it. And it's not as if Newcastle needs to take out a loan right now. <laughs> yeah. No, that's right. That's right. But that's yeah, true. I mean, obviously, we're watching Newcastle with interest because they're a, a major, you know, um, contender for relegation, and we don't want to see them strengthen too much. Um, but at the moment. And- and then the difference between the the value of the ownership, you know, uh, gee, I don't know, it's enormous. <laughs> you know, it, well, it, 
That's it. But you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much how much money you've got. You know, you you're going to struggle to um, to get top class players to come to a club that could be paying playing in effectively the second division next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to scare a lot of people off. Yeah. Right yeah. now. Yeah, without any question. But uh, no, I just you know not to lament too much on Todd. It's I, I I'm kind of getting the same feeling with him that I think we all were with with Daniel Farca there near the end where you know it's been great, but something's going on, and until we get Todd's story in the ninth edition of of Tales of the City, I I don't know what the story is i'm not in a position to judge i know people are very frustrated with him um it's you know i have a hard time not staying sympathetic to whatever's going on there but at the same time we need to do something uh as as a club that's that's good for the club and and to be fair to todd good to todd yeah yeah and, that's if, right. and, if, and if he needs a change he needs a change mm-hmm. um it, it, we can't be. we can't hang on to him until his values Zero. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, it could it could work out well for both parties, but I mean, all I would say uh, on Todd is that I don't think he's doing himself any favors with all these gnomic utterances that he's coming out with on on uh, Instagram and, and what have you. It's uh, it, I don't really think that's helping the situation yeah. at all. As opposed to going around and it's like, hey, I'm surprising you with you know. Uh... Stopping by your door and giving you a Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Oh, look at that. That's cool. Great. You know, that, that's that was brilliant. I think he, yeah, I, I think he actually won a lot of people back by doing it. Right. Yeah. But now, of course, you know, we've got these stupid little Instagram messages. You know, um, well, he's still a kid, and it's social yeah. media. That's his world, and absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I'm a junior yeah. high coach and teacher. They don't get that. No. You know, they they just don't. Think that far ahead sometimes. Yeah, I know what you mean, Mark. You need to tell Robin the uh, very um, what's where I'm, I'm looking for competitive game that your basketball team played the other day. Wasn't that the, the was that the score? The uh, well, game? yeah, it was fifty-one to five. Oof. Yeah, we're horrible. <laughs> fifty-one to five. Yeah, really? and and our our score out of the four teams because we got a seventh grade and an eighth grade A team and a B team. I'm seventh grade B. Uh, ours was actually one of the more competitive uh, mm-hmm. because some of the games our guy will put up eighty something to low teens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty brutal. Um, but we, you know, this is this is one one area where I can relate to Norwich. Don't take that the wrong way, but we play a long game. Yeah. We play a long game, our junior high, and we tell these kids and we tell their parents, we may not get a single win in a season. You may not get a single win throughout your junior high career, mm-hmm. but you're going to get wins. I mean, our our football teams do horribly. Uh, our, our high school team wins district. We're getting them ready. It's like minor mm-hmm. league baseball. Your minor league baseball team could, could you know, be in last place 50 games um, out of first but if you've got three Hall of Famers on it, you know, that team was a success. Yeah. You know, if you help mm-hmm. build them up, you know, ready for the next level. And that's what we do. That's what, what a lot of what Norch does, certainly with um, 
you know, the academy and 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 building up, building building from within. But now we were going up against uh, one of the better operations in all of um, all of four A Texas. Texas goes up to six A. Um, this is one of the more uh, moneyed districts. Uh, they just built a new high school, which means their junior high is now the only junior high in Texas with its in, its own indoor football facility, um, full size hundred yard indoor facility. So rainy days, you know, not a worry. Um, there will be more junior highs because you'll see you'll see where it's it's not uncommon for junior highs to move into the old high schools when they build a new high school. There will be other schools in Texas where you know, the high school has an indoor facility up. Certainly my district will do this at some point, I'm sure, because it's our high school's getting up there as well, where I could see our two junior highs merging, going to the high school and then build a new high school and we'd have our own indoor. Well, great. But that's amazing. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah, we got shellacked. <laughs> we got absolutely shellacked. Only what two years ago? Yeah, two years, three years ago, I'm trying to think. Maryland took their former basketball facility and made it into an indoor practice facility for football. And they, they totally transformed it. They, they, you know, took the um, building that was built in like the fifties that, you know, I saw plenty of basketball games there and basically just dug all the way down and made it the indoor practice facility. But then they also totally transformed the building. It wasn't just an athletic thing. There's lots of, there's classrooms. There are um, entrepreneurial things there. But th they didn't have an indoor practice facility. And this is you know, a team that plays in the Big Ten Conference. Mm -hmm. You know, this is one of the so-called, you know, power five conferences in the country. And they didn't have one. And a junior high has one in Texas. You know, that's yeah. just kind of ridiculous. Well, Argyle, Oops. Ar Argyle is insane money. Um, it's up there with South Lake and, and some of those other districts you, you might hear about on a national level. Uh, I took it as a victory because it was 30 points better than my team did against them last year. Um, <laughs> there you go. But in that game, I only had five players. Thank you, COVID. I had nobody on the bench, and and none of my guys were starters. So it was – How did um, they let you play with only five? I started I started with six. We, we pulled one off due to contact tracing after the first quarter. I thought you need, like needed a minimum of seven or something like. No, I think the, I think the NBA is no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I think well, the NBA our, needs like seven. Our, our, our eighth, our eighth grade A team started with with seven, Tuesday, wow. and then got down to six because one of wow. our starters got four fouls very quickly. <laughs> that reminds me when I played a little league game, we had seven players. We had seven players, and there was we. Bad. I think we won the game. I, I believe I played um, every position in the infield, including made up positions. I played first. I played between first and second. I played second. I played short between short and third. Third, and then there was one guy, like like the best natural athlete that I knew. Um, he he was like the, the outfielder. So I saw the the score score book afterwards. I was like. Why is Bill's position listed as WF? What does that mean? The manager, you know, who I knew very well, goes, that stands for whole field. <laughs> so I still remember, like, whole field, you know? So it was just like, we'll just put him in the outfield. He'll cover everything, you know? So somehow yeah. I think we won. Yeah, so it's, you know, the minimum. So I don't know how you... Yeah, 75% of the earth is covered by water. The rest is covered it. by yeah. your whole fielder. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, before, because we're, we're approaching an hour and a half here. Um, okay, Norwich is, is 18th, but Burley is four in hand. You know, I don't know. It's, I don't think that's good for Burnley because they're somehow going to have to wind up playing like four matches in 11 days. Yeah. I, I suppose there are two sides to it. Clearly, there's going to be fixture congestion, which isn't going to help them. But of course, we are still in the January window and they've got money from the sale of wood, uh, which means that they could actually strengthen, uh, which means that they actually get four four games that should have already been played that they'll mm-hmm. be able to play with potentially a stronger squad. Whether that actually transpires or not is another thing because, you know, if, you, uh, if you're not attracted um, to go to Newcastle with all their multi-millions um, and face a relegation battle, uh, you're not going to go to Burnley. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know if, uh, well, I'm, I'm sure none of you have been to Burnley, but... Uh, uh, no, I, I have, have friends not. who have. Yeah. <laughs> I have some local friends who are actually big Burnley fans. It's, it's north really, It's northeast of Manchester, am I correct with that? Yeah. Oh, that, that, hey, I got that right. Yeah, yeah. It's actually twinned with Mordor. Um, but, uh, sorry, Lord of the Rings reference there. <laughs> I know like, nothing I about that? Lord of the Rings. Did Ring. I hear that? <laughs> well, I realized that thing just fell flat. I... <laughs> Nothing. I, I know nothing about Lord of the Rings. I was thinking, I was thinking it was a really good line, and you just corpsed it completely. Um, but no, I mean, you know, Burnley. Well, it's like, honestly, it's like it's like driving back to the nineteen fifties. It's it's a, a an awful place. Uh, so it's not not the most attractive place for players to go at the best of times, and when they're bottom of the league, it's even worse. Um, but um, yeah, we, we we'll have to see what happens on that one. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. All right, any including? I was going to say, based on our own experiences, I think I'd want to take points over games in hand. Yeah, Um, yeah, points on the board are always the best thing. Sure, sure. We've we've had games in hand before, and it's never done us any favors. No, no, that's true. That's true. Sure, that's why I look at this. They have four, and like, wow, they're really going to have to. I mean, at some point, it's going to be. Burnley's playing again on Tuesday. Burnley's playing again on Wednesday. You know they're going to have to. I, I know they put in for the for the postponement. Did they, have they gotten it? Do we know? Yeah, for like tomorrow. Um, I haven't seen a decision yet. I, I I suspect that the league are probably going to try and put the pressure on them because they have they are so far behind. Right. Um, and there's also an issue as well. I think. Um, given the number of the games that they've had postponed, as to what they're actually doing to, to try and control COVID within the club, because everybody else seems to have come through the worst of it now. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Burnley, just you know, it seems to be as bad as it was two two weeks ago. True, it's got to mm-hmm. burn itself out through them at some point. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I, I, Certainly, the the figures that, that are being released today suggest that we probably are through the worst here. Um, the the number of new cases are dropping, but um, there's also um, a suggestion that there are less tests being done. It's a bit like the yeah, Trump principle, you know, if you don't if yeah, you don't test, you don't get result, you don't yeah. get uh, cases. But um, yeah, so. But yeah, the the signs are promising that we're we're definitely on the downward trend. 
Okay, now, how many points do you think will be needed to finish 17th? <laughs> Uh, I think considerably less than some people have been touting recently. I, I, I saw 38 mentioned on Twitter earlier today. I don't think it will be anything like 38. That's way too no, high. No, that's way high. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think somewhere in the early 30s. Um, I, I think it's going to be a record. I've, yeah. I've been saying it for a while. I think 30 will do it. Well, that's right. You, you know, you, you've got a situation at the moment where it's almost a four-team mini league. Uh, it's basically us, Newcastle, Burnley and Watford, uh, and, and everybody else has a bit of a cushion. But, of course, what we know historically is that there's normally at least one club that just performs so poorly in the second half of the season that they get dragged down. Everton. Well, Everton is, is certainly one, one possibility. Yes. Brentford's another one. Um, but... In order for that to happen, you've got to have the teams underneath picking up points, and right. that isn't happening either. So, you know, I, I think we could actually end up with the, the the three relegation teams being three of the the four that are in that mini league, which doesn't leave a, uh, a lot of uh, room for for manoeuvre. Really, that's a good segue. I was going to ask you all your opinions on the you know the increased physicality uh, with. Narch having gone right at Everton yep. and playing like we haven't seen them play in quite some time. So what what do you reckon? You think they've got it? You you know with they've got a couple of players coming back from injury to to work into the lineup. You think they've got what it takes? Yeah, they have. If it if it clicks, Jeff, I think I think that's the thing. You know, I mean, we know we know Matthias Norman is a is a quality player. I mean, he looked really really good before the injury um, and. Although his form tailed off a little bit before he he actually had the operation, I think that was because he was playing in quite a lot of pain. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I think the two the two key players going forward for Norwich are Norman and Rashika because I think both of them are top quality players. Rashika Rashika gives us something completely different to what anybody else brings to the team. Uh, and I think Norman does as well. So if we can get if, if we can get both of those two to fit and keep them fit, then I think we've we've, we've got a chance. Um, because you know when you look at the other teams down there, you know they none of them look that great. I mean Burnley looked very very poor, to be honest. Um, and unless Newcastle bring in two or three more quality players, I think they're going to struggle as well. So. Um, yeah, you know, w w we've got a chance. I, I'm not, I'm certainly not going to be hanging my hat on the the premise that we are going to get out, but we've got an opportunity. Had we lost on Saturday, I, I would have pretty much, I would have pretty much given up, I think. Um, but we've given ourselves an opportunity. And if, and if we can go to Watford and get a result on Friday, right. um, then, yeah. Then I think really we have got something that we can kick on with because we've then got we've then got uh, Crystal Palace at home, uh, which is winnable, um, and then we've got two that are probably no chance at all, which are Manchester City and Liverpool. But right. you know, yeah, that's true. That's been said before, you know, Robin. Right? I mean, that's been said before. Yeah, yeah. This is oh well. They've at least <laughs> beaten Man City since I've been following. I don't. Yeah. 
have they beaten Liverpool in the past ten years? No, I I, I, I can't remember the last time we beat Liverpool. It, um, Whoa, it would be it would be a long time ago. Yeah, we've got Brentford, one nil, right? The one nil where where Holt scored. That was but two thousand nine, wasn't it? One nil. No, that was one one at Anfield. Yeah, yeah, I I like another, yeah with Holt scored that scored ahead, didn't you? Got in front of Pepe. No, I was saying like since I've been following, it's like yeah, no, we were one nil. We were one nil down at the time. That was the equaliser. Oh, right. I, I thought they won that match. No, no. All right, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> Um, the fighting Ted Lasso's, you know, because yeah. it's, I mean, it's the same colors, you know, <laughs> as my son said, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's the same stadium, but no I, he, says, I, he says, I think there's some sort of a deal that when AFC Richmond plays Palace in the series, that Palace always wins. I thought that he thinks that's like part of the contractual agreement. Hey, you can use our colors, use our stadium, but you can never beat us in the, you know, on, the, on the program. Yeah. Uh, by the way, looking at the clock, guys, I'm going to have to dip out fairly shortly. Yeah, I was, exactly. I'm trying to wrap this up here. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, th speaking of that, thank you so much for joining us. It's been outstanding. Thanks for the trust extending the invitation to Mark to be part of the board. Great pleasure speaking with you, Robin. Yeah, and yep. you too. Can I just say, from from our point of view, I think what you guys are doing over there is absolutely tremendous. I mean, the upper management. You know, the, the, there are so many fan groups building us around the world. Uh, you know, and some of them in the most unexpected places. We're we're doing a lot of work at the moment for Syrian canaries, who. Um, are desperate for for anything that that uh, they can get from the club because they can't they can't buy merchandise because of the blockades and what have you. So we're we're currently trying to put together some sets of kit to to get out to them. But Thanks. yeah, I mean the more fan groups there are around the world, um, you know the the better uh, the better for for the club and for everybody connected with the club. So I'm in awe of what you guys are doing. It's been and, a lot of fun uh, getting this off the ground. Yeah, it's been yeah. it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, and you know, I hope it continues to grow, and I'm sure it will. Um, so, yeah, keep up the good work. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> well, well, okay. Yeah, we've we've got a lot we still want to do. I've got a laundry list of things that you know a yeah. lot of lot of round to it. So, you know, get around to doing this, get around to doing that, and you know, try to get it a little more formalized. Um, but yeah. we're sitting, I don't know, hair under 600 right now um, for all of North and South America. Yeah, that's good. Thereabouts. And, and we have some folks, you know, we, we, we count in as, I don't know, allied, um, you know, folks that have got connections over here but are back over in the U.K. And yeah. because, because folks travel back and forth. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, trying to grow it. And, and hopefully this season hasn't put too many of the newer um, – the newer supporters off of it so yeah but i mean you know hopefully you've been involved with our our meetings will, will help mark because it'll certainly mean you'll get a lot more information about what's mm -hmm. what, what's happening at the, at the club so uh, you know looking forward to, to having you on board for that yeah whatever he whatever he can actually use yeah well uh, i was going to say yeah <laughs> <laughs> there may be maybe some bits that you can't share but what, uh, what are we going to actually use and then hopefully he'll leverage that to get us you know some uh 
more interesting guests. We still want to get some people in the media. We still need to get people from the women's team. Um, yep. Love to get, yeah. you know, any one of the four women that we sponsor, you mm-hmm. know, to, to join us in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Well, I mean, perhaps. I think, you know, I think they won. Did they play today or yesterday? They won. Like, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Did they win? No, no, they lost. That's what they, they did won. lose. Some, yeah. some sort of a cup. Some sort yeah, of. Yeah, they played Mel Barton, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I, I so, did know. They lost in some sort of a cup. That's all. I... Yeah, but I mean, you know, it may be an idea to get Sarah Greaves, who's our women's football ambassador, uh, on, and you know, maybe get Chardonnay, who's who's uh, the girl that we sponsor, or, or maybe one of the girls, as you say, that you sponsor. Um, would, yeah, we sponsor be... um, two of the four get regular playing time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. Right. Well, thank you very much again for having me. It's been a thank you. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure. Fun. So okay. th- th- this wraps up uh, American Aries podcast number eleven. And for those of you who are eleven. Huh? It's hard to believe it's been eleven. Yeah, it's eleven. <laughs> hey, that's what it's 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 a new thing, you know. Number, I think it's eleven or yeah. So we're getting there, and you know, we, we have uh, um, let, let, for a while we had more podcasts than Norwich at points. Now it's the other way around. <laughs> so which is good. We yeah. hope that continues. We <laughs> hope that the number of points. You know, it's always more than our number of podcasts in the season. That, you know, is hopefully, you know, what we're looking for. And unless we do this weekly, then it's sort of like a bi-weekly ad hoc. Okay. So thank you very much. And this wraps up the podcast. And hopefully in the future, we'll have some more interesting guests from the media, from, you know, whoever. So thank you very much for listening. Uh-huh.